So today, we are going to explore this gospel reading through the first person. We are going to look at it through the eyes of the Samaritan woman. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Hello. My name is Rebecca. I come from the village of Sychar. You may know it as Shechem. Oh, please, 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 don't turn away. Please don't go. I know what you think of me, but hear me out. I know I'm just a woman, a Samaritan woman at that. I know you Jews. I know when you look at me, you see nothing. You sneer, you frown, you ignore me. I can see your scowls. I know that you think that I'm nothing. I know that some of you Jews even can feel your skin crawl to think you're in the same room as a Samaritan woman. You know, there was a time, there was a time when it phased me. There was a time when I would have avoided you, but not now. I have learned that I am important, that I am of value. I have learned that I am lovable. And I think I have something to tell you, something you should hear. I've seen him. I've actually talked to him. He actually spent two days in our village. Imagine that. Who, you ask? Jesus. The one from Nazareth. The one you Jews either hate or love. The one you Jews worshipped one week and crucified the other the one who claimed to be the Messiah. I first encountered Jesus at the well outside our village. Our village borders a field that Jacob gave to his son, Joseph. The well is dug out there, and we still use it. Jacob's well is a natural meeting place. It is a place where the whole village congregates. You could say, well, that it's a place where most of the special encounters happen. As a young girl, I used to love to go to the well to draw water. The well was very, very deep, and drawing water was very hard. But in the cool of night, there was no better place to be, for that's where you got the latest gossip. That's where you met the visitors traveling, and that's where you got to watch the newest betrothal. It was often said that the well brings the two most important ingredients to man together water and women. Actually, it was there that I met my first husband. I came to the well at night, as usual, as was my custom, and was in the process of drawing water when a stranger from a distant land approached me. He was incredibly handsome, and he looked very well off. Best of all, he appeared to be interested in me. Before I knew it, my mom had invited him for dinner. And by the end of the night, I was betrothed to him. <sighs> that was a long time ago. Another lifetime, in fact. I was so young, so innocent, so trusting, so full of hopes and dreams. At that time, I believed in the goodness of man 
and living happily ever after. But life didn't turn out like that. It definitely wasn't what I thought it was going to be. So when I headed to the well that day, about a year ago, I did not go with excitement. I went with dread. The years had not been good to me since then, and I have not been good to them. Love has soured. Life has soured. I have soured. My innocence was gone. My failings, too numerous to count. My morals, questionable at best. In essence, that day when I went to the well, I felt like dirt. I felt like the scum of the earth. And I chose to go to the well in the heat of the day, 12 noon, because that's when the well was quiet. I didn't want to meet anyone. Because when I met people, they just scowled at me. And they called me a dog under their breath. And they treated me like garbage. As I approached the well, I was surprised to see a visitor, a stranger, sitting down beside it. He appeared to be very tired. As I came nearer, I noticed that the stranger looked quite common, quite average. I wonder where he was from. But as I began to draw water, he spoke to me. Would you give me a drink? As you can imagine, I was taken aback because he was a man speaking to a woman. But also, as he spoke, I noticed that he was a Jew. How come you, a Jew, are asking me, a Samaritan woman, for a drink? I couldn't understand why a Jew would bother with our village, let alone ask me for anything. But then the man said something very curious. If you knew the generosity of God and who I am, you would be asking me for a drink, and I would give you fresh living water. At the time, I had no idea what he was talking about, but I stared at him. His appearance started to grow on me. He seemed like a nice man. He talked to me as if I was worth talking to, as if I mattered. It had been a long time since someone had talked to me like a human being. Could he be interested in me? Could he be the man I've been waiting for? Sir, you don't even have a bucket to draw from and the well is deep, so how are you going to get this living water? Are you saying that you're better than our ancestor Jacob? But Jesus says, everyone who drinks this water will get thirsty again. Anyone who drinks the water I give you will never thirst, not ever. The water I give is like a spring within gushing fountains of water. As he spoke, I thought, how hot it was, how thirsty I was. To never be thirsty again, to never have to draw water again. <sighs> that is a nice thought, but I still didn't understand. What was he actually offering me? Was this just another line from another man? Then Jesus brought me back into my reality. His neck words were like a slap on the face. Go, call your husband and come back. I answered, I have no husband. He answered, you are right. You had five husbands, but now you are not married to the man you were with. At that point, I was completely blown away. I don't know this man. How does he know me? He doesn't seem like an ordinary man. How does he know me? He must be different. He really knows me. 
And you know what makes me feel uncomfortable? It makes me feel funny. You see, I'm a horrible person, a horrible woman. I've been divorced five times. I wonder how he felt about me. Oh, I can see your faces. You're not too impressed. I know you Jews. You accept divorce twice, maybe three times, but not five. I know. You think I'm at the bottom of the barrel. Well, at that time, at that instance, I was overwhelmed by my past, by my failings, by my sin. And I couldn't talk about it any longer. So I changed the subject. Please tell me, prophet, what is the only place to worship? Is it this mountain or is it Jerusalem, as the Jews insist? Then he spoke. Believe me, woman, the time will come when you Samaritans will worship the Father, neither here at this mountain nor there in Jerusalem. You worship in the dark. The Jews worship in the clear light of day. Salvation is made available through the Jews, but the time is coming when salvation will be for you too. It's not whether you're Jew or Samaritan. It's how you live before God. Your worship must engage your spirit in the pursuit of truth. That's what the Father wants. Those who are simply and honestly themselves before God. That's what God wants. As I listened to him that day, that first day, I didn't really understand it all. Who was this prophet anyway? I told him I'd wait for the Messiah, the Christ. He would tell me the whole story. Who were we to try and understand the heart and mind of God? And then this man, the one you call Jesus, told us he was the Messiah, the Christ, the anointed. Could he really be the Messiah? The one we, the one you have been waiting for? Oh, let it be. Let it be. Let this man be the God who sees me and lives, the God who saves. Just then I realized we weren't alone. This man's disciples had returned, and I sensed a need to exit. I could see by their shocked faces that this was a unique encounter. His disciples couldn't believe that he was talking to the likes of me. But to be honest, if he really was the Messiah, I would find it hard to believe too. Why in the world would the Savior of the world talk to me? As the disciples continued to stare, I sensed a need to leave, but my heart was light and my head was filled with questions. What was Jesus trying to tell me about water, about worship, about life? At that moment, I was quite confused, but I did know one thing. This Jesus knew me inside out. He knew my past. He knew all my dark and ugly secrets. And he still chose to talk to me. He still chose to offer me life-giving water. At that moment, I didn't really understand the offer, but somehow I knew this offer, like water, would be life-giving, life-saving and that my very being would be filled with hope. So I quickly left the well and went to my village. I told the people, come and see a man who knew all the things I did, who knew me inside out. He says he's the Messiah. And my people came to see for themselves. Some believed even before seeing because they believed my witness. Others asked Jesus to stay on. And you know what? 
he did. Jesus, the rabbi, the anointed, stayed on with us, the Samaritans. For two days, he walked with us. He talked with us. He made us understand that although God's way of salvation was made possible through him and through the Jews, it was for everyone, even Samaritans. His very presence in our village reminded us of God's very special love. But you know what? You know what spoke most to the village? Was the fact that Jesus talked to me. Jesus talked to me, the most outwardly immoral person in the village. The one that people would say is the lowest of low. If Jesus offered me life-giving water, then it was there for everyone. All God wanted in return was our worship, our true worship. I can see from your faces that you don't quite understand. I didn't for the longest time. All I knew was on that day I met Jesus, my life was a mess. Broken promises, broken dreams, broken relationships. And no matter how hard I tried, no matter what I did, I could not get the love and acceptance I was looking for. I was alive, but I felt worthless, unlovable, and dead inside. At the well that day, I met God in the flesh. I met the God who really sees me and knows me. I met the God that loved me and cared for me and offered me water to satisfy my thirst, my needs, my innermost desire. In essence, Jesus asked me to choose life, to choose love, to choose acceptance, to choose him. And I did. And my heart, my spirit, my will were never the same. Amen.